morning and welcome to Bite Size right here on the Nachum Seal Network. My name is Yoni Pollock and I'm your host on Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on the Nachum Seagull Network. One week from Hanukkah, folks. Can you feel it? I don't know. I feel like Hanukkah's kind of creeping up on me this year. I guess with like... I don't know if Thanksgiving, like, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but for some reason, I'm just, I'm not, you know, I kind of feel Hanukkah's coming around, but I'm not necessarily prepared for it. Um, that means I have nothing of what I need for Hanukkah. I do, I did, purchase my gifts for uh, certain people, so I have that ready to go. So, I'm not behind on that end, but I don't know, it just kind of feels like, while I know Hanukkah's a week away, I'm not sure that, like, I was expecting it. I don't know how to explain it. It's weird. But uh, next week, at least on this show, we'll have a more Hanukkah-themed episode in terms of the music. Um, I want to take you back to a few weeks ago, though, when I was talking about fantasy football and how, you know, a lot of it's luck, as good as you may think it is, you know, think you are at it. A lot of it's just luck and, and, and a lot of things that you can't control. Um, and just not to worry about it. Things will even out. So this year I, I was in two leagues. And uh, we are at the point of the year where, where the regular season in, in fantasy football is over and you're in the playoffs. And, you know, this year I happened to draft very similar teams for both my leagues. Though over the course of the year, obviously, you know, I, I made some some free agent additions on one league where I couldn't in the other league, or I made a trade here where I couldn't in the other league. And after 13 weeks, sort of to prove my point, after 13 weeks, similar teams though uh, over the course of the season they did they did change up, but over the course of 13 weeks, one team finished in first place. A little pat on the back there, thank you. I hear the applause. And then uh, another team finished in tenth. In one in that tenth place league, I, I last year I was in the championship, playing against my brother, and I lost in the championship in that league last year. This year, tenth place, and I am playing my brother in the whatever you want consolation bracket first round. Isn't that funny? I played my brother last year in the championship. This year. In the first round of the consolation bracket, which to most people means nothing. To me, it also means nothing. In my other league, first place, I was in the championship last year as well and lost. So I was 0 for 2 in championships, though I take credit for at least getting there. And then uh, this year in first place in that league. Last year, and I, and I said this, last year I didn't even deserve to be in the playoffs, admittedly, and somehow made it to the championship. This year I actually deserved to be in first place. Had a nice strong year. And we'll see what happens. But again, just things are, you know, they even out. They're lucky. Last year, I didn't deserve to make the playoffs one of the leagues. This year, I would say, you know, I, I just had, you know, last year was so lucky. This year, in one of my leagues, just so unlucky. It happens. Things just even out. It is what it is. Anyway, that was my fantasy football update. The famous weather update on Bite Size. We, thankfully, thankfully, thank the good Lord, we had a good, strong November in terms of weather, which means it wasn't that cold. And at this point now, it's like all bets are off. You know, you want to have a huge snowstorm for two weeks. That's fine. It's December. That it, It's timely. I, I get it. It makes sense. Do it. Like, that's fine. I got off with a real nice November. If you want to bring every snowstorm, snow possible weather outcome 
over the next two, three months, that's fine. It's fair. I'll take a cold December, and, and I see, you know, next week it looks like it's going to be pretty, pretty cold for Hanukkah to start. I see some 20s, some low 30s. Low 30s is highs for next week, but again, that likely changes. Um, But I, I did get lucky with November, so I'm okay with anything coming at me come December time. This week's show... Regular music, as you expect, but we have both Joanna and Tova with us this week. Joanna joins the program at 9.30 a.m. Her interview with the Alvloch, a glass-blowing master, which is really funny. Not not funny, kind of uh, maybe ironic timing. About a year ago, in, in November, a year ago, a few weeks ago, uh, the Nachum Siegel Network was in Venice, and, and I was just talking about some, one, of my, one of my roommates, actually, was talking about going to Italy. I said, you have to go to Venice, obviously. That was the plan. But I was speaking about how we went to Murano, a few of us, and the glass blowing there. So it's kind of funny seeing that this is the interview for this week. Again, Yael Vloch with Joanna Shepson at 9.30 a.m. And at 10 a.m., it is Tova Kanech. She returns with an interview with Rachi Hain, the founder of Merkaz Panim. They do incredible work with uh, couples going through fertility challenges. A very important interview, one you'll want to listen to at 10 a.m. Eastern. Again, the top of the hour um, at 10 a.m. Eastern with Tova Knecht and Rachi Hain. But uh, to end the show, as you've come to expect, uh, it'll be the segment that has no name with Miriam L. Wallach. That happens anytime between 10.40 and 10.50 a.m., sometime whenever I decide to just turn on the mics and discuss the random topic for this week. Do I have a tease for you? Um, do I have a tease for you? Let's, let's say it, it, it's, uh, book related. It is book related. That's all I'll give you. Maybe it's something I'm going to write. Maybe it's something I read. Maybe it's something, I don't know, but it is book related again. That'll happen 1040, 1050 sometime towards the end of the show. So you'll want to be tuned in for that fun segment. Otherwise, Mahapecha Shel Simcha starts this Wednesday and every Wednesday right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shamati
Gitano bisimcho, yigagalu mitzvah gedayla meri shoyno. Ho oise mitzvah achas gitano bisimcho, yigagalu loy nesuis mitzvah gedayla meri shoyno. Ho oise mitzvah achas gitano bisimcho, yigagalu mitzvah gedayla meri shoyno. Oh, 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 oh,
here on Bite Size and the Nachum Segal Network. It's now time for Joanna Shepson's interview with Yael Vloch, again, a blowing master, a glass-blowing master, I should say. And we'll hear what she has to say with Joanna right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Segal Network. Thank you, Yoni. One of the parts of my job that I absolutely love is getting to tell the listeners about new activities and new things going on in Jerusalem you may not know about. So my guest today is Yael Vloch. Hi, Yael. Hi. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what Yael does, and then she's going to tell us about the world of artists in Jerusalem and what it's like to grow up here, to be educated at B'Tzalel, and uh, t- she'll tell us a little bit about what she does today. So, Yael, what form of art is your specialty? I'm a glassblower and flame worker. I work by myself at the studio. And I do lots of things. I do also sculpting, also producing, um, designing stuff, also jewelries. And I really like to do also workshops for people. And and I also have my own students (laughs) that comes once a week. And what's the difference between glass blowing and flame working? So it's... How does it sound? Like glass blowing, you need to blow like a balloon or a or a gum. And when you uh, flame working, it's it's like sculpting, but it's solid. It's not hollow. And Yal works in a very interesting studio. Um, she's in a studio that's known as a co-op. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. So lucky me. <laughs> a year and a half ago, I um, uh, I move into a new studio. It's uh, in the Jerusalem Cooperative Designers and Artists. It's a group of 10 people today, and each one of us work in a very different me- media. We're a um, graphic designer, industrial designer, fashion designer, and me, and a ceramic designer. And each one has his own studio and work on his own jobs, but sometimes we do collaborate and sometimes we do, all of us, a project in Jerusalem or in Israel in general. So this place is actually in a location that many of you have walked past and you haven't even realized it. It's right near the first station on Derech Beit Lechem, which is now like right across the street from Japanika. 
And um, it's a it's a really incredible creative space. So Yael's studio is upstairs in what looks like a warehouse of artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to meet Yael because, uh, shout out to my friend Haley, who always introduces me to fabulous activities in Jerusalem. Haley told me she had gone to a workshop. So Yael will tell us a little bit about the workshops and the type of people who come. So everybody come. <laughs> And sometimes men tell me, but we we don't want to do girly stuff. And and actually everybody come. It's um, like people can work up to six years old and until they're 60. And I have also like very young people and very um, creative people. And also people that really want me to teach them step by step. And um, yeah, the beauty of the workshop is that people could, could say to you, we want to watch you blow the glass or do flame working, or they can actually do it hands-on themselves, right? So usually people do and do these things by themselves. Uh, in the beginning, I show, I, I explain a little bit about the glass and how it's going to work, and then I do some demos, and then I, I just let people sit on the torch and start doing their stuff. And I really, really like people that they are more creative than me <laughs> and have their own ideas. And sometimes people draw stuff and have crazy, crazy ideas. And then it's really fun. So what are some of the things people like to make with you? Mm, it depends. I think I think everybody enjoy because it's... It's a really cool material. It's it's really feel like magic when people start working with the glass because we used to know it when it's really fragile and and then it's become liquid and it's red and it's hot and it's uh, it's full with dangerous. <laughs> so I think just touching the glass even you don't do anything just it's, manipulating the glass. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of fun. So some of the things that I love that Yael does, and I brought my kids for a workshop, we made um, candies out of glass, which were beautiful, like actual sucking candies with the wrapper twisted. And my son, Marco, who is 11, absolutely loved it, made like three different candies. And my little daughter, Ella, decided that she really wanted to make a lollipop. I think it may have been one of the first people to do a lollipop. So she took, even the stick was made of glass. And um, tell us a little bit about the experience of learning art at Pizzalo. So I graduated graduate eight years ago, and I don't know how it's today. It's, it's changed all the time. But it was, it, I was really young, and it was, it was like a camp for me, like an art camp, a really long one, f- four years. It was really tough. <laughs> we need to work a lot, but I remember it as a really cool place. And since I graduated, I'm trying actually to go to the USA once a year to study a little bit from a great artist there. And then it's also big fun. And like until today, I consider myself a student because I study every year new stuff. So I saw on Facebook that you had a famous glass blower or flame worker come to visit you here. Yeah, so two weeks ago, there was there were two artists, one from Moscow and one from, um, I don't remember, somewhere in Russia. <laughs> and both of them work in a different technique than I work. They work with soft glass, one make fruits and one make uh, flowers. And I had 
the pleasure to host them in my studio. And there is not much glass blower and glass artist at all in Israel. And so they knew where <laughs> where to go. And it was only for advanced people. So we were a small group who studied there. And I was like, okay, it's not my technique. But since I, I, I was there and studied their technique, I'm... You're using it already? Yeah, it's affected my work <laughs> also. The other thing that's really nice about being an artist in Jerusalem is there are always different exhibits and special events going on. Um, there was a fun one that you were part of in the Hansen House recently. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So it's part of being uh, part of this cool group, the cooperative, um, because there are really cool people here. And each one make has his own idea and things that he wants to make. And two of uh, the guys here, they make an exhibition in Han- Hansen House. It's a place that used to be a hospital, and now it's an art place. And it was a show about jokes. And, uh, yeah, I, I did a uh, Tell us about what you made. Show. <laughs> so they, it was it was a um, gesture to the bazooka Joe. And I make like a real bazooka, like the real gum, pink, and the same size as a bazooka. And then a few pieces where like you blow, already blowing a bazooka or a chewing gum. And I saw the piece. It was looked like a half-chewed piece of bazooka, and you could have sworn it was real <laughs> until you went up close and you touched yeah. it. So it was amazing, really so, amazing. Also, one of my teachers, she came to the show, and she was like, but what a material it's made of. And I was, <laughs> you teach me to do glass. glass. <laughs> you, you trick the teacher even. <laughs> Fantastic. So for all those listeners out there, the next time you're in Yerushalayim, Yael works in her studio um, every day, um, and she runs workshops um, at all times. So no matter when you're coming to visit, if you just send an email to glass at funinjerusalem.com, you can set up a custom workshop for you one hour, two hours, three hours, depending on what you want to learn. And you can bring kids ages six and up. Obviously, parents have to be responsible for their kids' safety and watch their kids. But um, everyone is welcome to come. And uh, thank you, Yael, for sitting with us. Thank you. And we look forward to doing a lot of cool glass workshops in the future with you. Okay, now back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Joanna. And thank you, Yael Vloch. To contact Joanna, funinjerusalem.com, Joanna, funinjerusalem.com. You'll want to check her out, especially if you are, it's December time, if you're headed to Israel for winter break, either late December or the January time, contact her for, if you're looking just for things to do. She knows everything and the ins and outs of all the fun and cool activities to do in Israel, whether it's indoors or outdoors. Again, funinjerusalem.com, Joanna at funinjerusalem.com. Plenty more coming up here on Bite Size, including Tova Knecht's interview. Coming up at 10 a.m., you'll want to stay tuned for that. But otherwise, plenty more music until then, right here on Bite Size on the Nahum Siegel Network. Noi de la gym, go besoy, gemi, nai. Noi de la gym, go besoy, gemi, nai. Noi de la gym, go besoy, gemi, nai. 
ונתתם להשם. נוידה לשם ילכו בשורכם מעיניי. נוידה לשם ילכו בשורכם מעיניי. נוידה לשם ילכו בשורכם מעיניי. בריחים אתם, אתם להשם. אוי נוידה נוידה Let's go. 
Your hands say thank you, smile. Get them up, put them up, leave them up. 
the king Hashem, you're the king Hashem Elech, Hashem Alach Hashem Imloch, Le'olam Va'el Hashem Elech, Hashem Alach Hashem
אתה מרגיש שאתה כל הזמן רוצה להספיק הכל פשוט תזכור כי הכל כתוב מלמעלה אז תנסה סמוך על הבורא הכל יכול יש תנועה בדרך אל העבודה, אתה צולע אחר אל הפגישה, ואולי מרגיש שכל יום כמו מרוץ פה. גם גם אם אתה קצת מתוסכל, ונראה לך שזהו המזל, תח בשם ותאמין בו. דספסיטו, תחת החיים שלך ודספסיטו, כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו, וכל הכבה זה טוב רק תאמין בו. דספסיטו, קח את החיים שלך ודספסיטו, כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו, בכל הכבה זה טוב ותאמין בו. לאן כולם רצים, לאן תגידו, את הרגל מהגז תורידו, החיים יפים תביטו. לאן כולם ממהרים, לאן תגידו, את הרגל מהגז תורידו, החיים יפים תביטו. דספסיטו, קח את החיים שלך ודספסיטו, כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו, בכל הכבה זה טוב ותאמין בו. דספסיטו, קח את החיים שלך ודספסיטו, כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו, בכל הכבה זה טוב ותאמין בו. פתאום תראה שלעבוד בלי לחצים אפשר ללמוד, הכל יהיה פשוט מאוד, אחרת איך אפשר לשרוד? את החיים שלך תתחיל לקחת בקלות, תות, מה זה כסף? אך בלי יושר אין לו משמעות. עצור לחשוב לפני שתאחר את הרכבת, הילדים גודלים ומה נשאר רק המזכרת, תגיד להם איזו מילה טובה ותחבק, יש רגעים שבשבילם תתנתק. ניסית, ניסית, שלא עשית, את הכל רצית, בנית, בנית, ומה שלא ראית, איך שהזמן עובר כאן ולא יחזור שוב לאחור לחייך. אם אתה מרגיש שאתה כל הזמן רוצה להספיק הכל פשוט תזכור דספסיטו, את החיים שלך ודספסיטו, כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו, בכל הכבה זה טוב ותאמין בו דספסיטו, את החיים שלך ודספסיטו, כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו, בכל הכבה זה טוב ותאמין בו And it is the start of hour number two here, and that means it's time for Toba Connect's interview with Rachi Hain, right here on Bite Size, just kicking it over right now, right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Segal Network. Thank you, Yoni. I'm sitting in Merkaz Panim with Rachi Hain, the founder of Merkaz Panim. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So before we get into what Merkaz Panim is and who it, who it services, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yes. I'm Rachi Hain. Um, my family made Aliyah when I was 13 from Boston. Uh-huh. Um, everyone lives here. My brother, my sister, their families, my mother. Um, I grew up in Yerushalayim. I went to Pelech High School. I went to the Army. I went to Bar-Ilan University. I studied social work there. Wow. I became a social worker, and just at the time that I finished social work school, yeah. um, I had been married for a short time, and I, my husband and I had a fertility challenge, we call it. Okay. Um, we weren't becoming pregnant, and we didn't understand why, and we weren't getting so much information from the medical system, from a doctor, and um, it was 
I, and I did start doing fertility treatments. Okay. Um, it was resolved very quickly, but it gave me a small window into what it feels like to be in that place, to want a child, to expect to become pregnant, to um, wait and hope and see that it isn't happening, not understand why, and to have to turn to medical intervention for something that you thought would happen naturally and spontaneously. Mm -hmm. And I began working then as a social worker in Bikur Cholim Hospital in the IVF unit. Oh, wow. Um, where I learned pretty much everything that I know. Uh -huh. <clears throat> um, it was a very good opportunity for me because I saw, I, le I learned the medical, um, all the medical details. And although I'm not a doctor and I'm not a nurse and I don't, I don't pretend to be, okay. um, I think it is very important for anyone who's working with um, this population, the population of women and couples who are going through any kind of a fertility challenge, it's very important that they know what it means to go through a fertility challenge, what the medical process is, um, how much of a toll that takes on people's emotional place, um, the exposure and both the emotional exposure, but also the, the physical, um, difficulty. Right. And it's part of the psychological profile of people who are going through a fertility challenge. Um, so that was a very important time for me to learn about the whole picture. Okay. And in 2011, um, I decided that something else needed to exist. There needed to be a place in the community, not in the hospital, somewhere that people could go that was safe and comfortable and discreet and, and, and pretty. And it's beautiful. Yes. And yeah. feel like they are getting the emotional care that they need and feel that they can really open up and feel that they can um, talk very openly about what they're going through because it's not something that people often talk about and have somewhere that really understands what they're going through, um, both on a personal level and a couple level. And the other goal that we have here, um, and part of the reason we established Merkaz Panim is because there, there usually and there, there often is a way for people to go through this challenge in a better way. And what happens is people sort of take some air at the beginning and jump in, mm -hmm. and then they keep swimming and swimming and swimming and swimming, and the air runs out, and okay. they just keep going, and they become very angry, and they become very tired, and they become very, they feel despair a lot of times. They might feel drained or drained. Yeah. They feel a lot of times emotionally drained and physically drained. Right. Um, a lot of times it becomes very hard for the couple to relate to each other because they experience it so differently and that's okay and that's normal but a lot of times the work that we do here is to help them learn how to communicate again and be supportive of each other even though they're feeling different things okay and um, I believe and I've seen um, over the years that there are ways to go through the, this, these challenges in a better way and often it's about redefining your expectations understanding who you are and what you need, what you need from yourself, what you need from your partner, what you need from the surroundings, how much you want to share, how much you don't, what can help you, what makes you feel good, what makes you feel good physically, when you're going through things that are so intrusive physically and unpleasant, not to forget yourself and not to forget that you're not only a fertility challenge, you're a person. There's more to you. Right. And there's, you know, there's so many things that you sort of forget to address and to think about because you're so busy. A fertility challenge is all-encompassing. When you're going through it, 
it often feels like that's the only thing that you are and it's the only thing that you're doing and it's the only thing that interests you and on some level it is we all we all want to have a child we all want to have a healthy pregnancy and a child and it's it's definitely on our list of priorities right up there but the thing is what happens along the way is that a lot of times people just forget don't live and they forget they, about everything else <coughs> they forget about everything else and I, I, I call it the waiting room of life you're waiting for something to happen and you're sitting in waiting rooms and you're waiting and you're waiting and you start putting everything else on hold and you start putting your coupling on hold and people will stop will stop cooking for Shabbat because when we have a kid then we'll do that people will stop um, learning things because when we have a kid I'll, I'll go to school or when I have a kid I'll pursue my career or when I have a kid we'll sit in and laugh together and it's very hard to not be in that waiting room of life but you can learn how to do it so when they come to Merkaz Panim and they walk through, their, through the doors here what services do you offer that could help them remember how to live or get through the challenge that they're going through. Okay, so first, first of all, we offer therapy. Um, and the therapy is about that. The therapy is about, like I said at the beginning, it's about giving them a place to open up and, and share and get this, the understanding, the validation, the support, and go through a process of seeing what can help them go through this process in a better way. And that's what the therapy is offering them. In addition, we very much believe here that... Um, your body, which is going through so much, needs to be addressed. Uh-huh. And so we offer yoga. The yoga classes are, are one-on-one. It gives people a very, very personal opportunity to address what their body is feeling, how much it's gone through, take a deep breath. Uh, and we, offer, we also offer massage. Oh, nice. um, the beautiful thing about massage is that everybody's body is, is perfect. It's not, you don't have to be focusing on what's not working with me or what's not working with my body, what's not working with his body. Your body is perfect and we're trying to help you connect to it in a way that you can be friends with it. The thing is that the work that we do here is very, very emotionally raw. It's, it's very real. It's very authentic. Right. And it's part of the thing is that when people are going through a fertility challenge, they look totally fine. It's not that like you look sick. You look healthy and fine and normal, and everybody expects you to behave as such. Right, but inside. But inside, your world could be crumbling. Yeah, they and can inside, feel broken inside. Yeah. And so one of the things that's nice, and part of the reason we call it Merkaz Panim, is because you don't have to put on a face. You don't have to pretend that you are something else. You can be your real self. You can be your Panim. You could be who you really are. I love that. And... Um, and you can address the different aspects of when you're going through a fertility challenge, which is the emotional, the physical, and right. how those two connect, how those two relate. So when a couple is going through something like this, when they're going through a fertility challenge, are there doctors in touch with Merkaz Panim to uh, advise them to maybe um, come visit you to check out Merkaz Panim? How do they find Merkaz Panim? Okay, so we do have, of course, a lot of doctors and nurses Network with you. Who, who refer to us. Okay. Um, over the years, um, they, I, I think that uh, the doctors and nurses and medical um, staff in general believe in Merkaz Panim more and more. Okay. Um, we get between four and eight calls a day. Wow. Yeah. Um, we have 10 therapists on staff. Um, and we don't only get referrals from the medical staff. We get refer- a lot of referrals from rabbis 
from um, different therapists, yeah. from just people in the community who are the kind of people that know about or or people turn to them okay. when they're going through something difficult. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's a college teacher that was someone's college teacher in the past that someone will turn to, or sometimes it's uh, you know a, a, a um, an acupuncture. Yeah, professional mm-hmm. acupuncturist. Acupuncturist. Um, a lot of people know about our organization now because a lot of people have been their needs have been met here. Right. And when I say their needs have been met, I mean it doesn't mean that they've necessarily become pregnant. It means that they've gotten the emotional support while they're going through this. We also see we also see um, about two thirds of our our population are anyone who's going through fertility treatments, and about a third is anyone who's gone through any form of pregnancy loss. So that's right. miscarriage, multiple miscarriage, late term um, stillbirth. Wow. So just listening to you, it is a very this is a very raw emotional conversation. But you definitely are someone that knows your population, knows what they need. Um, there are a lot of times that people that are not going through a fertility challenge and they come across people that are, they don't know, always necessarily know how to relate to them. So do you have advice for people that um, come across people that are having a fertility challenge and how to relate to them or how to speak to them? Yeah. Very good question. I, I think that, um, well, first of all, just number-wise, one in five couples are going through some kind of a fertility challenge. Um, it's not an uncommon thing. And the, um, the way society doesn't talk about it as an open topic, I think is a good thing. Um, I think everyone has to find their, their informal emotional support or formal emotional support, but I don't think it has to be something that people have to walk around and talk about with everyone because it's still, it's still the couples. It's their intimate it's place. So personal. It's personal. It's personal. And I want to encourage them to feel like it's theirs. And when they do become pregnant, it's not because of doctors and it's not because of medical intervention. It's still between him and her and God. Um, so I do respect that um, privacy. Um, and, I, and I think that the way people need to relate to anyone is you know, respecting their emotional space, not necessarily prying. But when we are a close family member or friend, I think it's okay to say, you know, I... I don't know exactly what you're going through. I'm sorry if it's hard, and I'm here for you if you need me. As far as the general public and how we relate to people, yeah. we always want to be able to define people through more than just the challenge they're going through. I am not just ovaries. I'm not just uh, fertility treatment. I'm a person. I think it's important that people relate to anybody through more than just the difficulties find a way to empower them, find a way to address the things that are important to them, find a way to make them feel good and that they have a place and that it's not just about what is so hard for you. Right, wow. And what would what type of advice would you give someone that maybe right now is just starting out on the path of a fertility challenge they just found out or someone that's been going through a fertility challenge for a long time? What type of advice do you have for them? The advice that I would have would be to make sure that you ask yourself on a regular basis, how are you? How am I? How am I doing? And through answering that question, helping themselves identify what they need. 
if things are not going so well, if things are really difficult, if we're not able to talk to each other as a couple, um, if we're not able to re remember what things make me feel good, what things could help me get through this. Um, I think it's really important that a couple is able to talk about this, but they have to find one hour a week that they're able to just talk about something else, that they're able to connect in a different place, that they're able to remember, you know, the fun stuff. Um, and on a personal level as well, we, we, are, we get very, very involved with the treatment. And we do have to remember that it's part of what we're going through, but it's not the only thing in our world. And although having a child is, for many people, the most important thing, things that can help me along the way get through it are other things that are important to me and other people that are important to me and, and are, can be supportive. Wow. So for people that live in Israel, specifically, I guess, the Yerushalayim surrounding areas, do you have people that come from further than that? We so do. We have people that come from all over the country because we work closely with organizations that are countrywide uh, okay. and they refer to us. Also, a lot of um, people come from outside Yerushalayim to use the services of uh, the hospitals here. So for, for people that are listening to this interview right now, how can they reach out to Merkaz Panim? How can they find you? They can find us through our website. We do definitely um, provide services for people overseas. Um, sometimes uh, for overseas they'll, also. They'll, sometimes they'll, um, people will call, either send an email through our website or um, make up time to call and have a uh, therapy session over the phone. Okay. Um, and certainly anyone who is in Yerushalayim and in Israel is welcome to set up a time to come and see the work that we do and, and see the center. Okay, so your life is not all about Merkaz Panim. Right. Maybe it's not, because everybody has more than, you, as you said, everybody has more than just one thing about their life. And, you know, Baruch Shem, you have, you have your husband, you have your children, you live in Yerushalayim, you're in Ola, even though you came as a young child. How do you describe living in Yerushalayim? I describe it, I, st I still um, have a little bit of an Olach um, Hadashah mentality. Still? Yes. Because when I walk through the streets of Yerushalayim, I feel electricity in my feet. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. It's true. Electricity <laughs> in your feet. Yes. Doesn't, hasn't, wow. hasn't, passed, hasn't passed yet. I love that. Wow. What do you attribute to that? Um certain level of intensity, certain level of really understanding where I am. I, I would say that I could probably thank my mother for that, who always, who always taught us about Zionism and about coming to Israel and, and brought us here. And call up the vote to your mother. Yeah. Wow. So just to, that's the perfect segue into my last question. I'm going to ask you, what is your Israel happy place? If there's a place in Israel that you could call your happy place. My, my happy place in, in Israel is Merkaz Panim. Wow. Because it, it really is a dream come true. It, it was a vision that I had, and many people made it happen. And it provides something that is unique and needed. And it, I think it, it is a place of hope. Wow. And it a place, it's a place of comfort. And it's a place that people can grow. Yeah. And at this point, we've seen so many women and so many couples and... Although I never expose my clients or even address them when I see them outside, it, it is a very, very special feeling yeah. to know that you are a, um, an anchor. You're shliach. In this amazing work, you're really, wow. I thank Hashem that I was given, not that I'm gifted, 
but that I was given this gift. Everybody has everybody has something that they're given to bring into this world. Yeah. And it, this was something that needed to come into this world, and I and I thank God that I was given this because it's uh, really, it's it's just really a special place. Wow. Well, I'm really so grateful that uh, you gave me the opportunity to learn about Merkaz Panim and to sit down with you and hear your story. Thank you. And I wish you, the Hashem should bless you with continued mazel and success to help couples going through uh, any challenges that they're facing and uh, just continue doing amazing work in Israel. You too, Tola. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for sitting down with me, Rafi. Back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Rafi. Hey, that was a really... Uh emotional interview. She, again, she is the founder of Merkaz Panim. Uh, and if you were late to the interview or somehow just tuning in now, she is the. Uh, she just spoke about the incredible work they do at Merkaz Panim with couples going through fertility challenges. So if you just missed it, go on to our archive page or go to tovenisrael.com, tovenisrael on Facebook. I'm sure she has the interview up there right now. Um, and very important, important interview. So if you missed it, go ahead and check it out. Tova Connect, again, we just mentioned tovenisrael.com, tovenisrael on Facebook. And a huge shout-out and a big mazel tov to her and her family and her daughter on the bat mitzvah that they had, I believe, not this past week, two weeks ago. Um, it seemed like from the pictures, at least, that she posted an incredible time. And uh, a huge, huge mazel tov to her and her family. Plenty more coming up, some music, and then the segment that has no name with Miriam Ella Wallet coming up again, 10.40, 10.50. We'll see when we decide to do it, but you'll want to stay tuned for that right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Segal Network. Ah, ah, ah. 
כולנו מתפללים ומחכים למשיח, רק יגיע קשת, כולנו חברים. כולנו מתפללים ומחכים למשיח, כבר רוצה להגיע, מחכה לך ולי. Vino 
and thank God I'm breathing. And I pray, don't take me soon, cause I am here for a reason. Sometimes in my tears I drown, but I never let it get me down. So when negativity surrounds, I know someday it'll all turn around because all my life I've been waiting for, I've been praying for, for the people to say that we don't want to fight no more, there'll be no more war, and our children will pray one day, one day. Souls of the innocent, blood transparent, keep on moving though the water stay raging. In this maze, you can lose your way, your way. It might drive you crazy, but don't let it face you. No way, no way. Sometimes in my tears, I drown, I drown, but I never let it get me down. So when negativity surrounds, I know someday.
little bit of history I've been through. Ask me where I'm from, and I will tell you I'm a Jew, and every Jew's a proud Jew. Not just me, my sisters and my brothers. Never be ashamed to be a proud Jew. It's not what you've done, it's how he made you. So sing the song and spread the pride around you. Yehudiani, eternally. Hey Abraham, it's not the Size for everyone's favorite segment, the segment that has no name. Good morning, Miriam L. Wallet. Good morning, Yoni. I like how you still call it the segment that has no name, even though I named it. I know. We, uh, because the you're has too polite names, my, to call my... it what I call right, it. That's true. <laughs> I wonder if that'll ever change. We'll see. No. Um, all right. Today's topic choice is, uh, is interesting. It's funny because you kind of mentioned walking in this morning, your rough night. I woke up this morning um, in a sweat. Well, normal time. My apartment was just a a, a schmoil, and all oh. the heat valves are off. At least the ones uh, that we can control. New York City living. But uh, you know the building controls the heat, and yep. and I walk into I wake up sweating. I walk into the bathroom. That heat pipe that's in the bathroom oh, is just like it. exploding oh. with with heat. I was just like, what's going on? It's not even like that cold outside. And uh, it had me thinking about a fun fact that you probably have no idea about me. Which I mean, actually, that's not true. A few friends of mine know. And that is, there was there was one day that probably lasted one day. It probably lasted a few days where I wanted to write a book. Really? Yeah. And and this book was was a uh, it was a bathroom book. 
and it was going to be called okay. Ugh, the worst. And it was basically just going to be, I, I don't know, 20 pages with, with like five things on each page about, you know, and, and pictures and whatever, like a kind of stupid tchotchke book. And it was just going to be about like the like the worst feeling. So like it had me thinking like this morning, waking up in a sweat is like, ugh, that's like right, one that's of the gross. worst feelings, like the gross feelings. I'm with you on that. So, so. I mean, I never told you this, obviously. I never, I don't know. It's just like a random fun fact that I was like serious about writing it for like, I don't know, 10 seconds for like five days straight. But I still think I could write it. I think it would decently sell if done well. Um, but it just got me thinking. I was like, curious, like, what are, what are some things to you that it doesn't have to be necessarily like a gross, like an actual gross, inappropriate thing? I'm just like, like to me, whenever I'm eating fruit, let's say a cherry, a grape, and, and I get to the last one and it's, it's just like a sour one or not, like, that's such a war. You can't end like your grape eating session on a bad grape or a bad cherry or a bad orange. You know what I'm, you, you get what I'm saying? I get, I get what you're saying. Like I get was, what uh, you're uh, saying. Like that would be ugh, the this worst. This topic actually takes a little bit more prep than just off the cuff. Okay. I, I know. I wanted right. to try to okay, surprise thanks. you. I thought maybe off the cuff you might be able to come up. Uh, as I keep talking, maybe, maybe right. you'll... Well, I mean, one of the things for me is the worst is that, as you know, I have a very sensitive sense of smell. Okay. So if I'm in a place where all of a sudden it's a it's a confined area, so to speak, where I'm in a situation where I just can't leave where I am, yeah. and there's a rancid smell mm-hmm. of the person next to me or otherwise, right. it's just bad. Yeah. Like if I'm on the That's treadmill true. and the guy next to me is one of a couple of smells. Right. You know, so normal. You're, you're pumped up for a workout and all this, and right. there's only one machine left, and you get to the machine, you're like, yes, and then, ugh. Right. This guy next to me. Or I'm on the machine first and I'm in a groove. Right. And this person jumps on next to me and smells of one of two things, which I do not want to smell at whatever time in the morning. Right. Sometimes. Right. So there's the cigarette smoker who. It's funny that you're getting on the treadmill after you've just (laughs) inhaled a pack. That's a good point. Right. Okay. I don't. I don't know CPR. I really can't help you, though there is a defibrillator behind the counter. Okay, so there's that guy. And then there's the woman who puts on perfume before she comes to the gym. And like a cloud of obsession stands on the treadmill next to me, and it could rain obsession. It's just so bad. It could rain obsession. Do you know what obsession is? It's a perfume. Oh, I was... was Yeah, no, 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 that's... Right, no, it's a perfume. It's a perfume, like, from the 90s. Um, But anyway, it's it's just those two... Those two are just... They're awful, because, like... And especially when you're at the gym and you're sweating and everything is coming out of every pore, then that person is sweating cigarette smoke or sweating obsession. It's just those are bad, because then my nose has nowhere to go. And if I'm, like, you know, if i got a half a mile left on the treadmill and I'm in a groove and it's a good clip, I don't want to get off. I don't want to go change my machine. That is the worst because then I was all alone and I was doing great and then boom, all of a sudden, smelly person next to me. Yeah, that, that's bad. That was, is bad. I was thinking this morning also on my commute, you know you know the M train, right? The M sure. train? Sometimes for some reason, and, and this is really more recently than anything, but it happened this morning, yeah. that the M train decides to stop one station before I need to get No, on. it does it every time. What does it mean every time? Sometimes every single I'm time. Sometimes I'm on the M and it, most of nope. the time I'm on the M and it's It good. always has a delay. Before Forget about coming. the delay, but it just stops at Second Avenue and that's it. Last stop. Second oh. Avenue. Yeah. Uh, so I'm oh, on the train. No, I get on. That's I'm like, great. bad. That's and then bad. Last stop. So, uh, just go one more stop. Right. Just Who one has, more stop. Right. You know what else is the worst? I'm sorry to all our... This is going to be rough. And you're from Houston, so I apologize. <laughs> yeah. But New Yorkers out there, you can stand in solidarity with me as I say something so horrible. <laughs> out of town drivers in the left lane on the Van Wick. Fair. You don't belong there. Fair. I hear Or it. on the belt. 
please move over. I I, don't, I I don't need a pace car. You're not my mother. <laughs> move. I, I didn't ask you. I've been in if New I want to be a lawbreaker, I will be a lawbreaker. If I want to do 52, I'm going to do 52 or otherwise. Please get out of the left lane. Thank you. I've been in New York enough where where I or I've driven with people New Yorkers, I should say, enough right. where it's kind of it's it's gotten to me also. Like that that <sighs> mentality has rubbed off on me. Maybe for for better for so like I I come, I go back to Houston and start driving and this guy's mm-hmm. like going I'm just like come on like and right. I, I also happen to have a very bad case of impatience. I'm very, very impatient. Um, you would never know that. Nah, super impatient. Um, I wish Nahum was here because he would not believe that either because you are the I, most I, chill human being oh, I mean, I, fine I not, in this uh, studio. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's not saying much. But, um, that's so true, yeah, really I, that, that part has rubbed off on me. But anyway, do you think this book could sell? No, but I no, love the not? I huh? love the fact that you have that you have positive vibes about it why and not? I'm happy for you to prove me wrong. You don't Go think if you were in the bathroom... Some sort of like cute. Are you? Uh, do you read books? I don't know. I I read books. Yeah, you yes. Read books. There's. I, I'm a book reader. You know those classic tchotchke books in the bathroom. Yes, there is. Um, my kids have a book. Um, that they actually pulled out on Chavez because they were doing all these puns, and it was a book of Freudian jokes. Um, when you're saying one, it's the the subtitle for this is when you're saying one thing and really mean your mother. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so they were doing all these terrible jokes, like um, continuing the bathroom humor. Why do you... No, I really can't do this. All right, that's fine. No, that's I'm fine. kidding. <laughs> anyway, yeah, right. I'm so happy I stopped right there at the water's edge and decided not yeah. to go in. But anyway, they're, um, yeah, I'm not sure this would sell, but I'm also not a person... Yeah, I, like I don't... I don't want to read in the bathroom. Right, I'll talk to other people about it. Though. Yeah, you might want to find That'll some. That'll support me. By the way, when getting back to- you GoFundMe, by the way, you'll, you'll know why. I will not participate in that GoFundMe Thanks. campaign, sorry. But the other thing that's super annoying, that it was like, ugh, the worst, fine, is um, not only out-of-town drivers in the left lane on the Van Wick or oh, the Belt, but on a Saturday night. Because everyone on the weekend tends to drive slower. Right. So then you have the more people chill. who don't understand the traffic patterns and the mores of driving in New York. And it's a Saturday night. Just move over. Oh, my gosh. Last night on 34th Street, speaking of annoying things, mm-hmm. I'm hightailing it to the train. And all of a sudden, I noticed this whole group of people walking together in a pack, looking through the windows, etc. you know, for the holidays. Right. It seems that they were on a holiday tour of looking at the windows. Now, how did I, like, uh, you know, observing at the windows, yeah, yeah. how did I know that? Because you know how a trip leader or a tour leader often puts up like an umbrella? Yeah. Instead, this person had put up on a stick a Santa hat. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in like tourist holiday, you know, disaster area yeah. zone. I got to get out from around these people. Otherwise, I'm never going to make the train. So I like did my New Yorker zoom around and whatever. It worked out. <sighs> yeah, but those things are annoying. I As a New Yorker, are... there are a lot of annoying things that I other people that. do. That's, yeah, I hear that. I hear. I hope those. What are those? Oranges, clementines. These are clementines. Them? So I hope that last one you have is a good one. That is. You're I'm know now that concerned. Feeling. I'm now concerned that the last slice is going to be a dud. Thanks, Yoni. Should be all right. That's going to do it for us happy here. Happy Wednesday to you. avrami has got to do that live lunch thing he does on Wednesdays. Yeah, which uh, he doesn't like when we go over time. I know. You think he's going to choose a song for us this time? Oh, remember he did that the other time. Yeah, he did a good job. Yeah. I gotta send in my request for him. Though a lot of it would just be the same music that I've just right. Played for he the last actually just hours, plays but... things that he knows we like. Like yeah. if we say to him, you know, play something for us, he knows what our go tos are. That's true. All right, it's very it nice of him. Yeah, that's true. All right, thank you, Miriam Alwalk, for joining you. us. And uh, I think next week we'll have more Hanukkah themed. Oh yeah, for sure. By the way, this piece of the Clementine is really tart. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's oh a, my it, You're starting it. 
So hopefully it'll get better. It can only go up from here. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can see her face. That is great. All right. Thank you all for tuning into Bite Size here with me in the last two hours. If you can go ahead and download the NSN app. It's it, it's kind of funny. We were at this Ahli Ezer con- uh, not concert, conference. Um, we were at this Ahli Ezer conference on Sunday, and people came up to me, and they said, you know, the, you know, how, how do we listen to you? And I said, guys, like, I mean, obviously, if you're not listening, you can't hear us talking about downloading the NSN app. But some of you guys still have this. Was it the Jewish Music app or Jamin? You need to switch to the to the Nachum Seal Network app because that app has all of our content, has archives, has everything that you could catch on the run. And uh, when you run into that update issue, that your app is going to be obsolete, and the Nachum Seal Network app is still going to work because uh, this is the app that we use twenty four six twenty four seven. So go ahead and download the NSN app on your App Store, Google Play Store, or your App Store on your iPhone. If you have any questions regarding Bite Size or the Nachum Siegel Network in general, you can contact me, Yoni, at NachumSiegel.com, and I'll answer your email either within the next minute or within the next year. I don't know. Sometime in between that, I will try to give that buffer for me, just in case I miss it. But thank you all for tuning in. My name is Yoni Pollock. I'd like to wish you all a good day and remind you all that the Bite Size is always, always, always the right size.